I can't necessarily sleep without it. I can't necessarily wake up without thinking about it. Everything I do, it is beside me. There is a unspoken language between you and this burning desire of it. You don't quite necessarily want to obsess over it, but that is the requirement to actually have it. For it wants you just as much as you want it. But the fact that you want it implies that you do not have it. It can be a variable or infinite number of things in a category or should I say hierarchy of levels in attaining it. You want it so bad that some nights you'll cry for it and wake up early just to try one more time for it. I would almost kind of put it on the level plane of that if it were a job you would treat it as though it is just one nasty iteration of a distraction between what is other. Other is just simply, you know, you do stuff in hopes or in act of a distraction because the other thing is it would be nothing. Life is purposeless. Life is meaningless. However, we ask the questions of why. And that is the great seed of philosophy. But it can be a lot of things. I mean, it can be food. It can be love. It can be a car. It can be a simple walk down the street. Before that it, we can't live without it. Once we get it, there will be another it we pursue. For whatever it may be, you pursue. The imagination of the pursuit is one within the journey of actually getting it. For life is imagination. God is imagination. The gift of abstraction, the gift of within the mind, picturing something that you want. You wouldn't know what you want if you couldn't see it. Some of us have that sick belief of, I'll believe it when I see it. How about this? You should try. I'll see it and then believe it. Picture it. Because once you picture it, it's forever there and that disturbance of discomfort, the mood that doesn't really satisfy you, but that aggravating annoyance of, I'm not quite there yet. That in itself is something that you, out of habit, will entertain, but you must easily let it go because the feeling is misunderstood. The feeling is an indicator that you are moving away from it, or rather, you're entertaining some belief that the journey to it and the destination to it, you're forgetting that it's one of an act. Just imagine a basketball player when he grabs the ball from the inbound play and he dribbles down the court, whether he passes it or shoots it just off you know, a handful of dribbles passing half court, scoring is the goal. The idea that from the inbound play to the ball going through the hoop 
it's all one dance. It's all one notion. It's all one journey. Though you miss it, you go back and you do it again. You will miss 100% of the... <laughs> you will miss 100% of the shots you do not take. But you'll make a few that you shoot. There's a grandular idea of what trying is. And of course, it's rejection after rejection, miss after miss. Some of us don't even want to look at the ball because it's sickening and that rejection is often the cost of trying. But if you change the momentum of pursuit, and that the idea is each time you miss or each time you get a rejection or failure, you're that much more closer to the next success. So you got to keep going. I mean, sounds very, very boring and redundant, but damn it, it is. What else would you do? For those who say life is hard, I would just say compared to what? For those who say life is hard compared to someone who is well off or has what I want, they have that it that you pursue. Well, you don't know shit about what they had to do to get to what they have, which is the view in you. And you assume it's what you want to do. But like I said, once you get there, it's going to be something else. It's going to be something a little bit more than you asked for. And that every new top embeds a new bottom. There's a new mountain to climb at the top. But they got to go back down. Sometimes going back down is just as challenging as going back up. You won't really know that until you get there. And that's okay. It's a part of the journey. It's almost as if. This whole earth was created based off of some idea of mountain range after mountain range in these gliding plates upon the surface of the rock of earth was just kind of shifting together to make something over time. And of course, us humans had to settle in between the valleys of the mountains and we climbed the mountains because part of the distractions we need because otherwise we're just in the valleys of nothing what is art art is the unspoken it's the creative mess in between the responsibilities it's almost like this meaningless thing of you know, sometimes we start with something and we don't know where it's going. <laughs> Much like Bud Talks Podcast, episode 341. It's much like when a runner goes into runner's high and he doesn't know why. 
I'll close this off by saying, telling a story about one of my more extensive outer body experiences running up a hill down the street from Fulvale Manor, that is the house I began Bud Talks podcast. I believe it was early, maybe mid-December 2019. And I'd been running up this hill. It's about a mile up. It's relatively steep. It's a long, about mile hill up. And the hill goes all the way up. It's actually Mount Scott, for those of you who are familiar with Portland, Oregon, Southeast Portland, to be specific. But Mount Scott is where the Willamette National Cemetery is. And I've been running up this hill for the first mile of it for about a year and a half. And normally I would stop at the mile point. There's a three-way intersection that you can either take a left and go back down on, I believe it's the north side of Mount Scott, or you can continue right and go up toward Happy Valley and past the National Cemetery. But nonetheless, the hill goes up for about I actually at this at this point I didn't really know how far it goes up, but I believe it goes up. Uh, at that point, I think it went up maybe another two or three miles. It doesn't really matter. But anyways, at this three-way intersection is normally where I stop after the first mile of running uphill. And on this particular day, I did a bench press workout and maybe some abs, and I got to the top after the workout. Got to the top of the hill. Again, it's a mile up, and I started to stretch. And at this point, uh, like I said, I normally go back down on the north side of the hill or I just kind of return back of, you know, the east side. I believe it's the west side. It doesn't really matter. But but on this day, I decide to keep going up and up is south and then it curves up a little bit more after about a mile and it goes east. So I kept running uphill after the mile marker intersection. And I kept going. And then there's another four-way intersection after about, I think it's maybe a mile and a half or two. Not really sure. But it continues uphill. This is Mount Scott. And at that point, about a mile and maybe, let's say a mile and three quarters, there's a right and there's a left and they're both are actually the left and to keep going straight I think it's pretty straight level at that elevation or I could have gone right which is more uphill and I decided to keep going uphill and normally at this point if you understand beast mode runners high a flow state there's kind of this flow and that energy and everything your body's calculating is just automatic you're not necessarily tired you're not aching anything that's bothering you is kind of just put into this suppressive state of beast mode if anybody knows it you kind of can relate so at this point i'm well into a mile or excuse me i'm well over two miles running uphill and again i took a right to continue up further and i'm going through the street which has no sidewalk so it's just a two-way street uphill flow state beast mode runners high has its levels 
and toward maybe the last quarter mile of maybe mile two and a half, let's say, of this uphill run, I had reached a state of an outer body experience. And to the left was a bush. And then to the right was, I think, just maybe houses. And then, of course, cars were coming. They were honking because I was in the street. Like I said, there were no sidewalks. But I looked to my left toward these bushes on the side of the road. And it was looking toward Mount Hood. So this is east. I'm running south, uphill. And it was almost as if I looked left and there was a mirror. And I was watching myself run uphill. And that was the first time I had experienced this level of flow, beast mode. I literally had jumped out of my body and watched myself run uphill at this point. And it was December, it was pretty cold. And again, normally my runs are pretty in control with my breath and poise and pace. But at this point, I had never ran uphill at this elevation. But considering what I had watched on a more abstract level, it wasn't me running. By the time I got to the top, I had a clear view of Mount Hood and it was the top of one point of Mount Scott. And again, I don't know how many miles uphill this was, but let's say it was two and a half miles. But again, I could swear to you there was a mirror on that street uphill. But thinking back in reality, kind of going back into my body from this experience that so-called outer body experience, it was more so of some bushes, some bushes watching me run uphill. Typically my outer body experiences. Damn, what the fuck was that? Anyways, this is the, this is what happens when you record. <laughs> I think I'm pretty much out of breath right now. I'm pretty tired, but this is Bud Talks 341. Good morning, good evening, good night, everyone. Bye-bye.